Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise base in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God and his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are boasting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed by God specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with us, leaving a write-up of it in the comment section. Or you can send it to us via email at contact at pdjministries.org. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. Psalm 136 TPT Let's confess the scripture Alright, we are going to read from verse 1 to verse 1, 1 to 20 something Are you ready? Alright, let's go 1, 2 For he is good. Uh huh. Two. Our king over all gods. His tender love for us continues on forever. Go on. Give thanks to the Lord over all lords. His tender love for us continues on forever. Give thanks to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Wisdom. His tender love for us continues on forever. To him who formed the ground, raising it up from the sea, his tender love for us continues on forever. Mm-hmm. Praise, Praise the, the one who created every heavenly light. His tender love for us continues on forever. Mm-hmm. He sent a sun in the sky to rule over the mm. His tender love for us continues on forever. Praise him who set in place the moon and the stars to rule over the night. His tender love for us continues on forever. Give thanks to God who struck down the firstborn in Egypt. His tender love for us continues on forever. He brought his people out of Egypt with miracles. His tender love for us continues on forever. Uh-huh. With his mighty power. He brought them out. His tender love for us continues on forever. He split open the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. His tender love for us continues on forever. Mm -hmm. He led his people right through the middle. His tender love for us continues on forever. Add some passion. Uh Uh Drowning them all. His tender love for us continues on forever. He led his people through the wilderness. His tender love for us continues on forever. He's the one. Yeah. His tender love for us continues on forever. 
He triumphed over our kings. Who stood in his way? Forever. He conquered Sihon, king of Amorites. His tender love for us continues on forever. He conquered the giant king Og, king of Bashan. His tender love for us continues on forever. Then he gave away their lands and inheritance. His tender love for us continues on forever. rescued us from the power of our enemies his tender love for us he provided food his tender love for us continues on forever and the last one his tender love for us continues on forever wow You know, you must understand the love of God. He will do everything just because he loves you. He will kick anyone out of the way just because he loves you. He will do anything. God's love is some way. You don't joke with his love. When he says he loves you, he loves you. Nobody can play with you. No. Even if it means taking their wealth and giving to you, like he did to Egypt. He took the whole wealth of Egypt and gave to the Israelites because he loved them. Anytime I read this, I'm like, if he loved Israel, who was the first fruit of the people God once called? But they were not sons. How much more his own son from his, 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 his you know, barrels? The love he has for you is amazing. I want you to understand that this morning that God loves you. Yes. Do you believe that? Yes. Tell somebody God loves me. God he, will do anything. he will do anything. No, look at the person now. The person is not in front of you, it's by you. Look into the eyes and say it. Say, God loves me. God loves me. He, will do anything he will do anything to prove his love. Do you believe? believe. Get an answer. (laughs) Okay. All right. So the Holy Spirit wants me to teach you how to access the covenant benefits. So how to access the new covenant benefit. How to access it. And he says something to me. He wants me to explain the difference between the covenant and the testament covenant and the testament it's so simple now covenant is from God to us testament is from Jesus to us I will explain covenant is from God to us testament which is will is from Jesus to us Covenant is from God to us. 
Testament is from Jesus to us. What does it mean? It was not God who gave you the will. It was Jesus that gave you his, the will. Remember what the lawyer said. It must be the testator. The one who has it. He should will it to you. So it was not God who willed it to you. But God had a covenant. Now the covenant that God had, he gave it to you. But you did not receive the covenant directly. I will explain. Now creation and everything started from covenant. From God. And it happened in eternity's past. Even before Jesus became a son. The reason why Jesus became a son was because of covenant. So it was actually covenant that began creation. Creation of everything. What do I mean? In the eternities of eternities, before time and before um, even eternity, because I told you eternity was created. Before eternity was created, there was nothing like eternity. There's no word for it. But God lived in himself. I don't know how you, you, you say that. You see, for you to say God lives in eternity is for God to live in his creation. But he lived in himself something he did not create. Can you see this? Eternity was created. Everything that has a name was created. Including eternity. But before eternity, God was. That is the, that is the right word, how English can capture it. So the statement is in the beginning, God was. Or in the, in the beginning is God. Can you see it? Then you are trying to stay away from eternity, the word eternity, to actually let you know that God lived in himself. It is a big deal for God to live in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not a creation or a creature. The Holy Ghost is God. He was the one in whom God lived. So he lived before eternity. Can you see this? Hmm. That's a big mystery. So God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But you see, in eternities of eternities, the Son was not called the Son. The Son was called the Word. So in 1 John 5, 7, the Bible says that three things abide. Even this one, he limited it to heaven. <laughs> he said, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And he says, and these three are one. They bear record. The Father, the Word, and the Word. Now, and they lived among themselves. I told you about the unitrion or uniplural God or the um, yeah, 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 you know it. So, God the Father had a plan. And his plan was that he wanted to have a son. Please don't forget this mystery. He, he wanted to have a son. And he promised his son his life. Now, to be a son is to, is to lower yourself from the place of God to a level below. Sons must die. Sons will one day have mortality. Son, you know, so when Jesus was called the son of God, what it actually means, it was God in the flesh. Subject to death. 
So in heaven, he was called the lamb. And the Bible says, when they saw the lamb, it was as if he had been slain. But once upon a time, he was the word. And John 1, 1 told you, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was not a son. But when the father had a plan, according to Ephesians, he said he wanted to have a son so that his sons can, his son will have sons. Hmm. And bring those sons unto glory. Now, when the plan was um, discussed in the council of their will, according to Ephesians 1, verse 11 or so, this plan gave God so much joy, the father so much joy. And the word said, okay, father, if you really want to have a son, then I'll take the risk to become a son so that your joy might be full. You see? How do I know that? We've read it severally. In Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5, 6, 7, the Bible says that God, Jesus, he had everything that God had. He was God. Yet, he stripped of himself to take upon the humanity of men so that he can taste of death for all men. That is a son. Remember, the Bible says in John 1, 14, and the word became flesh. The word, God, became flesh. So he was called the son of God. A son of God is not just one who is born just like the way we give birth here. And he said, this is my son. That is different. A son of God means God tabernacled in flesh. So today, when we call you a son of God, you don't know where God literally gave birth to you from. But you are everything God within the flesh. Because the, the real you, which is your spirit, has been mingled with the spirit of God. You have the DNA of God that makes you God. If God was a man and has a blood, when we do a DNA today, we will see God's blood in you. But because his spirit in you is found his spirit in you. Can you see this? So, go to Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 quickly. Amplify. Look at it. He says, who? Although being what? Essentially one with God and in the form of God. Now he defined it. Possessing the fullness of the attribute which make God God. Jesus had those all attributes. So Jesus was, the word was as God as God himself. He had all the potential that God had. He had everything that God is he was. He was literally God. Can you see this? But what did he do? He did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained. So what did he do? Next. But what? Stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity. So what? As to assume the guise of a servant, a slave. In that he became like men. He became like men. He became like men. He was not a man. He was God. But he stripped off himself all these privileges and became like men and was born a human being. So God lowered himself. I told you, if you understand the eternity, listen, this is a mystery a lot of people don't know. Look at it this way. In the eternities of eternities, there was no time. God is not bound by time. He created time. He cannot be subject to time. That is why I'm telling you, eternity was created. So when God was and he had that plan. He created eternity. That's the first thing. 
lowered himself and entered into eternity. So we can say God lives in eternity. In eternity, he created heaven so that he can lower himself and enter into heaven. In heaven, so that he can stand there and create the world. Then lowered himself and entered into the world. The reason why at the, at the end of time, there won't be heaven. We shall enter into the original state where we are not bound by anything. So this earth will pass away. The heavens will pass away and there will be a new heaven, the Bible says. But even in the new heavens, we are not going to stay there. There's going to be a new earth. You see, it gives you an idea of everything that is being put together to show you the beginnings of beginnings and what it shall be. For the Bible says that then we shall live with God. To live with God physically or in present is to tell you of how he was before and how he wanted all things to be like. You shall experience. You remember that day. Look for me. <laughs> so you see, he, he stripped of himself. If you don't understand this, the covenant matter will not be so much of something you should grasp. So in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10, the Bible says that Jesus became a son so that he can bring many sons unto glory. Because that was the father's heartbeat. Jesus is the son of God. But you are the son of Christ. Can you see that? For it became him. For whom are all things. And by whom are all things. In what? Bringing many sons unto glory. So he became a man. So he could bring many sons unto glory. So God wanted to have a son. He said, this is my only begotten son. Ladies and gentlemen, God has only one son. God has only one. The rest of us are found in his son. Does it make sense now? God has only one son. Only one son. Only. The Bible told you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only. Only. God has only one son. He sees all of us in his son. That is why if you are not born again, you are not found in him. He doesn't know you. Because he knows all men that are found in his son. Can you see this? Are you a son of God? Yes. Why? Because you are found in his son. But whose son are you? Christ. Is that clear now? Now, so the covenant was actually between God and his son. So God gave us covenant. But when his son came to make every covenant benefit come to pass, he enshrined those covenant in a will, Jesus. And gave us that will when he died. So Jesus gave you the testament. What do I mean? When you, your parents are the ones that had covenant between themselves. They stood in the church and they declare some terms of whatever and said i do i do etc now between them is a covenant but out of the covenant came you now they had properties can you see that yes, sir. even before i got to the properties when you are hungry as a child in your parents house 
Your parents try to give you food to eat. Maybe until you are of age and you want to leave them. But as long as you live in the house, they are worried if you have not eaten. Is that correct? They are worried when things happen to you. When they see you start emaciating, they'll be asking questions. When they see you worried, not talking, they'll start asking, what is wrong with you? Why? You are the offspring of their covenant. If you have a baby right now, the baby does not think of what to eat, drink, or wear, or sleep. The baby is provided for. The baby enjoys the terms of the covenant. You get it? The baby has no, your, your children have no covenant with daddy or mommy. That is why they can look, Joshua will look at me and say, daddy, is that we should go to the U.S.? I should just charter a plane. He said, daddy, why don't you book a plane so that we go to the U.S. and go to Walmart? He wants to go and buy a toy at Walmart. And I look at him, I say, you, I don't have covenant with you. Now, what is he trying to do here? He is enjoying and behaving as an offspring, a true offspring of our covenant. So whatever we will do to make him sure he receives it, we would have to do it. He doesn't have a covenant with me. He doesn't have a covenant with her. We have our covenant. We think, what can we do for him? Hey, what can we do for him? Can, what, you know, should we change his school? Should we take him abroad? Should we do this? Should we do that? It becomes our headache, not the offspring. Not the offspring. The reason why you should have a sound mind and relax and not be disturbed about things is because you are the offspring of the covenant between the father and his son. And his son decided to go a step further to prove to you and I that whatever terms the covenant has, relax. I have provided everything to you. See, I keep telling you, when you, are go, when you go home and your parents are eating, my parents are in Dansuma, my, my father is almost 90 years or so. When I go and he's eating, I don't need to ask for permission, do I? I can just go and wash my hand and dip my hand in the food. He won't say anything. Why? I am, a, I am an offspring of their covenant. They brought me. That is why he said, all things he has belongs to you. All things God has does not belong to the unbeliever. But they belong to us. He said, Jesus said, all the things that the father has is mine. And he said, and you do. Once, because you are children, you are a joint heir with me. Everything I have. That's why I told you the Bible was clear in using the word joint. Not co. Joint. And I explained the difference. If the Bible has said we are co-heirs, it means that there is some percentage. 70%, 20%, 30%. But he said joint heir. Joint heir means it is it is as yours as is that. I mean, everything is as 100% yours as 100% mine. So everything that belongs to Jesus is as 100% his as 100% yours. Can you, can you just grab this? Look, the world is yours. Okay. 1 Corinthians 3, 21. Look at it. Look at all the things that he says belong, they are yours. These are, very, these are very things that belong to Jesus or God. He said, therefore, let no man glory in man. For 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 all things are yours. Then he said, whether Paul, Apollos, or Cephas, 
Why are we worried? You are worried because you don't have the you don't understand that whatever be, because the world belongs to God. In the book of Psalm, he said, The world is mine, and they that dwell therein. They that dwell. But when he began, he began to mention they. He began to mention men. Then he said, The world as well. So you say a bat has been chasing you. Don't you know it's part of the things in the in your world? A crow has been following you. They haven't paid rent. Charge them. You are the owner. The world. We were praying and the Lord said to me that one of the ways you can actually see the world as yours coming to pass is to begin to pray for the world. If this phone is mine, I want to dust it and make sure it's okay, right? When you, all believers begin to see the world as ours. Satan can't have so much effect on the earth. Because we are praying that sick people come, you know, come back to life. We are praying that you know, wars will not happen unless by prophetic means. We will pray that certain things will not happen. No pandemics, nothing. You are taking care of your world. Now, if you can take care of your world, those of you that want to travel, that you want to falsify documents, if the world is yours, it means the nations are in the world. They belong to you. Why then do you struggle to enter? Because you are the owner. See, if you rent somebody's house and the landlord is coming into your house, you want to open the door because once you see, you know who he is. When the na- those to the nation see you, because you have been on your knees praying for the world, not always praying for your, for your, for, for your, for your personal need. You are praying for Australia. You are praying for Argentina. You are praying for Brazil. You are praying for this. You are praying for that. You are praying for the world. You are taking care of the world. Yesterday we were praying and I, you know, I felt pain in my chest, my heart. All of a sudden, the flag of Netherlands appeared. So I just knew there are some believers there or some people there that need healing. It's part of my world. So we lifted up and we said we pray. That let every sickness live now. In that they don't know me. That's what the Lord said to me. He said, if you don't pray for the world, you cannot appreciate these scriptures. And he said, life is yours. Life. Life belongs to God. But he said it is yours as well. Death belongs to God. He said it belongs to you as well. Then he said, things present today. If that is not enough, he said things to come. The believer wakes up and you are worried about your life for tomorrow. And I'm wondering why you are worried about tomorrow when tomorrow belongs to you. What does he mean? It's not like God has not given you. The problem is that you have not appreciated or understood that it belongs to you. When it belongs to you, there is a way to handle what belongs to you. (laughs) What do you do for tomorrow? Physically, you don't know what is in tomorrow, but your spirit knows what is in tomorrow. How do I know that? The Bible says that you have the mind of Christ and you know all things. So your spirit knows tomorrow. One of the reasons was I never listen to news. They are dead. It's not new. I carry Bible, I go to church, I come and go and make no go home, and there's nothing. But that is not the reality. 
The reality is in the Holy Ghost. And it's the one that reveals all things to you. Are you with me? Somebody shout, all things are mine. So when your parents are worried, when your friends are worried about tomorrow, say relax. Relax, relax. He says, what are you worried about? Work, marriage. You, you laugh. There are some things we don't worry about. Childbirth, marriage, job. We don't worry. If you are looking for a job, you are not getting. Start your own. You don't, need, you don't have capital. Who gives capital? When I'm done telling you this, I, I, then I'll talk a little about, about the money thing. That until you get to know that all money, God is the source of them. You will struggle. You will struggle. And a lot of Christians haven't known. Everybody thinks the money belongs to them because I worked for it. Huh. There are people like you in Kolebu. They can't come out. They could have worked like you. They, were, they are there. You go to work every day. Strength. If you are daft, you can't work. You'll be sacked. He gives you so much wisdom to do the work. He strengthens you to do the thing that gives you money. Without him, you cannot receive. If you understand that picture, you just know all things belong to him. All things belong to him. Can you see this? Hmm, amazing. Amazing. All things are yours. See, I refuse to worry. I refuse to worry. Okay. So, Jesus came in light of the covenant. Let me show you a gist of, 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 of this thing. In John chapter 17, when Jesus was praying to the Father, quickly. This word spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life. He should. This was the promise that the father had with the son. That my. You see, he said, I want to have a son. But I'm going to will my life to you. So that you can give this will to your sons. So you have eternal life. It is directly from God. But actually, it belongs to Jesus right now. And he dispenses to those that come into him. Can I prove that to you well? Show me Titus chapter 1 verse 2. And then you come back to John 17. Titus chapter 1 verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised, promised before the world began. So before the world began, God promised eternal life. To who? Who was around doing eternal life? Before, before, before the world began. Who was there? There was nobody. There was nobody. I know there are some mysteries you've not heard before. And the truth is, you might never hear it. Because the focus in which we look at things is not, what, is not where people are looking at. See, the gospel is not, the gospel is not about marriage. The gospel is not about sickness and health and healing. It's not. The gospel is not about riches and wealth. That's not the gospel. Hmm. The gospel is just one, Jesus. Once we teach you Jesus, all these things come out. Health, prosperity, 
marriage they are often they should be found what because the bible says that he was before all things he was before all things so if you're, if you're going for a meeting and just because you want them to talk about marriage relationship you know that's what people 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 would want to chase and go and sit down and they talk about man's wisdom about how relationship and marriage should be and everybody likes it and blah blah and i'm like what is this reason why the christians marriages are having a lot of divorces you think you can solve marriage problem which is a spiritual establishment with the mindset of men based on look around and statistics see them jesus the marriage will be strong when they learn how to love jesus they will learn how to love the holy ghost if they learn how to fellowship and stay with the holy ghost what did the bible say he said man must love his wife just as jesus loved the church if i learn to love jesus i will learn to love my wife if i don't learn to love jesus forget it like i keep saying in most relationships, they think sex is the main thing that makes marriage marriage. It is not. And I keep telling you, otherwise porn stars will be the greatest marriage couples. It is not. Because it's not an expression of love. Sex is not an expression of love. Because people go by the roadside and pick anyone they want to. Are they in love? No. But are they doing the thing lovers do? Because you see, the essence of marriage is not actually children. To have children. That's not, that's not the Bible, how the Bible explains it. It is just one of the benefits that comes in out of the major reason. What was it? There is a plan God has for a man. And he chooses a woman to be a help meet, to help out, to make that agenda happen. Alongside, children will come out to show forth the glory of God. Because he said the firstborns, the children are his glory. But children, childbirth is not the essence of the marriage. Marriage is for a purpose. Reason why you cannot marry anyone who does not share in the same purpose that you have. You will break apart at a point in time. It's like joining a company where they have a vision and you two join the company with a vision. The company vision goes here. Every day you have a problem with your bosses. Every day because your vision is here. The company's vision is here. And I've told you before. So you don't get into marriage or relationship because of sex or because of any other reason it must be based on purpose and unfortunately a lot of christians don't even know purpose when you find christ you will know purpose yeah you find christ you will know purpose i've been hearing the highest statistic and it comes from a lot of christian marriages break up here and there here and there meanwhile we go for counseling we go for <laughs> after marriage counseling what you are looking for is not what the holy ghost is looking for what the holy ghost is looking for is for you to know jesus and know him more and more know everything about jesus and every other thing will come to pass every other thing will glue together 
But people leave Jesus and they start looking for things. When it's a teaching service, maybe some people might not come. But when it's childbirth, pregnancy, whatever, or marriage, whatever, they are there. Why? Because it will be for a man to come and tell you his mind. And that is what places men of God in a very dicey situation. Because when you organize that program and the whole place is full, you want to now shift Jesus to now teaching about relationship and marriage. Because the focus is now not about the Jesus that you are preaching to the people. The focus now is how to gather the numbers because of the program you are organizing. Are you with me? Yes, sir. See, I want you to appreciate this. See, when you appreciate these things, there are things you won't worry about in life. The world is mine. Pray it until it becomes one with your spirit. Life is yours. Pray it until it becomes one with you. The day you realize life is yours, when people are sick, you transfer life. How do I know? That is the same way Jesus came into the earth with. He said, I am come that ye may have life and have it more abundantly. When people are sick and we are praying for them, we dispense life to the person. Without the consciousness of it, you cannot release what you don't have. I told you, knowledge about things gives you command over the thing. Give you command. Hmm. Interesting. So you see, Titus says that God promised life to his son. Then in 1 John chapter 5, verse 9, God now decreed and made it clear that indeed he has given this life to his son. And he says, anybody that does not believe this one has made God a liar. He said, if we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he had testified of his son. He that believeth on the son. See, he's talking about his son. Talking about the son. He that believeth on the son had what? The witness in himself. So all of us that we have received Jesus, we have God's witness. He said, he that believeth not God, believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not in not the record that God gave of his son. So you must believe the record that God has said about his son. What is the record? And this is the record. That God has given to us eternal life. And this life is So you cannot go to God directly and say, God, give me life. That's why he said, Jesus said, I am come. I am come. When he was showing them how to pray, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, etc. He didn't say, tell them, let give me life. Because Jesus is life. The life of God is Christ himself. So you see, Jesus is very deep. And you must know him. This is the record. I can't teach anything. I'm, I'm sharing the record of God. And talk about Jesus. The day I make you feel like I'm the one that provides life to you. That's the day I make God's record wrong. Jesus, I teach you Jesus. I show you. I point you to Jesus. And that is what we must all do. And he said, and he that had not the son. He said, he, had, he that had the son had life. And he that had not the son has no life. 
You have you don't have Jesus, you have no life. That is why you don't tell unbelievers, give your life to Jesus. Because they don't have one. They must receive Jesus, then they have life. Now, when you have life, you stop saying that this life is not easy for me. This is my life. You don't have one. The life you have now is the son of God. And if it's the son of God, he doesn't worry about his life. So you are worried in your soul unnecessarily. Thinking, how will I eat? What will I do? When you actually have the life of God, let him worry about what would be. Your problem is to understand what, is, what has been given to you in his life. So you can just enjoy it. And today we don't like it like that. We want to do performance. You want to pray before you think something will happen. You want to fast before you think something will happen. No. Understand this mystery. It's, it's so simple. It's so easy. It's amazing. Is it real? Of course. Of course. Of course. Go on, let me see. 13, quickly. He said, these things have I written, written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the son of God and this is the see this is the confidence we have people quote this scripture out of context oh this is the confidence that we have so as I'm praying he's listening no yes he's listening but the confidence is because I have eternal life because of the eternal life he answers me. He heareth me always. Can you see the difference here? He said, and this, and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Have you also heard that he said this prayer has not been answered because it's not in the will of God? Have you heard that before? Hmm. Read the scriptures in context. What is the will of God? That all men will receive eternal life which he has given into his son. That is the will of God. So he said, I am writing to you that you may know. Be aware. Be conscious that you have the will of God inside. You have the eternal life. What was the will of God? That he will pass on his life unto his son. And his son will pass on his life unto many. Now I have eternal life. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the confidence that when I ask God for anything, According to the life that is in me, he answers me. Did he not say in his word, unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us? So people will scare you. You have not received an answer. You have not received prayer because you have not prayed according to the will of God. Ask them what is the will of God. Then they'll begin to give you a permissive will of God. And I don't care. I have eternal life. You see? Which means that even the eternal life, people don't understand. If it was not important on the earth, he would have waited for you to get to heaven to give you eternal life. But he gave you a life that is eternal. That is why I told you that that life eternal is God's very life. And the laws around his life is what he has given you. This man does not get sick. That is his life. He is not, he doesn't have a lifestyle of poverty. He is not restrained. He is not confused. 
everything that God is not has been embedded in your spirit. So you now, Paul said, the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. The life that, so look at the, the previous verse. He said, look at it, 13, quickly. He said, these things have I written unto you, to you. That what? That believe on the name of the Son of God. That ye may know. The word know here in the Greek is idol. You may be conscious. You may become aware that ye have, ye have, ye have eternal life. And I know sometimes you can go through the day not even remembering that you have a life. When we close church like this, you think you have a normal human life. So what happens to normal men will happen to you? Everybody is coughing. You are coughing too? Everybody is, has cold. You have cold too? <laughs> when was the last time God had cold? When was the last time God had cough? He has a law of life. He has a law of life. And the law that governs his life does not, it's a separated him from the law of sin and death. You accept everything, you think that's the Christian life, you think it's normal as a man, as you are not a mere man. You are you see, you are God in the flesh. Even in the old testament, he was telling them they were God. Psalm 82. He said, I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are the children of the most high. Children of the most high. Say, ye are gods. No. How can you say you are a child of God, yet you are a mere man? Is your God a mere man? So you see, when we close from church, then you separate spirituality. You go to the office like a man. A man. All you depend on is what you learned in the university. The day you, you start going with the mind of Christ, you will know they haven't, they haven't seen this kind of person before. <laughs> I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are the children of the Most High. I think in John chapter 10, verse 35 or 535, he says that if I said ye are gods, and the scripture cannot be broken, which means saying that ye are gods, he said the scriptures cannot be broken. The day you start seeing yourself, look, I am God in the flesh. Or you think you are blaspheming? No. When Jesus came on the air, that was the same language he said. They wanted to kill him because he said, I'm the son of God. Look at it. If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. Go on. Say of him, whom the father has sanctified. Are you sanctified? And sent into the world. Thou blasphemest. Because I said. I am a son of God. Show us. Show us. TPT or any other translation. Go back. Oh I love this. Do you love it already? He said even those guys. In the old testament. Because of his relationship. He called them God. Because they were children of the most high. How much more the one that is sanctified? And I told you, once you are sanctified, you are made holy. You are justified. 
you are acquitted and discharged. You have received the righteousness of God. You have become just like God. How? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. If, if those who have the message of the scriptures are said to be God, then why would you accuse me of blasphemy? For I have been uniquely chosen. I have been uniquely Oh, ladies and gentlemen. That ye are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. And holy nation. That is who you are. You have been chosen. For I have been uniquely chosen by God. And he is the one who sent me to you. Have you been sent? Yes. In 2 Corinthians 5.20. He said you are ambassadors of God. God has sent you to go and preach the message of the gospel. As though God himself is preaching to them. He said we are ambassadors of the anointed one. Who carry the message of Christ to the world. You have been chosen. You have been sent. As though God were tenderly pleading with them. Directly through. Oh Jesus. So we tenderly plead with you. On you. Christ's behalf. Turn back to God. And reconcile to him. That is our message. We have been given the message of reconciliation. Every born again. And every Christian. You have a ministry. I hope you know that. Your ministry does not start when you go to the Bible school and we pour oil. The day you become. Go to the verse 18. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayma Night at 6 p.m. and sit under the reign of heaven in our Vanessa service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-Eljedu, and on Instagram at Prophet Danny-Eljedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. You can contact Word and Spirit International on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-54937-7290 or plus 233-50432-8959 or plus 233-27510800. So many people have received testimonies by listening to these podcasts. Now, if you are one such person, share your testimony with us by leaving a right up of it in the comment section you were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world you are blessed Name.